Anim, Ilchot Shabbat, Perek 24, the 24th chapter. And this is an introduction. It leads to the Halachot of Mokseh, which are going to continue in the next chapter as well, but it finishes with a few Halachot that are also within what we call Shavuyot, albeit it's a Shavut of a different kind, not a Shavut of the same kind that we studied uh, so far, so we, we we came we came across a few shabuyot having to do with to to make sure that someone doesn't come to do a melacha or things that look like a melacha. Right now, we are going to study about things that they just look like too much like a non-Shabbat day. There is something that Hachamim forbade on Shabbat, even though they do not look like Melacha and they do not bring someone to do a Melacha. And why then were they forbidden? Because you may recall the inspiration for the first kind of Shavuot was a Pasuk from the Torah which says Tishbot, and Tishbot in addition to Lotase Chol Melacha. And uh, Hachamim took that to inspire them to enact a few Shavuyot. Now we have an inspiration, not from Pasuk from the Torah, from a Mitzvah of Tishbot from the Torah, but rather from a description of Yeshayahu Hanavi, of how he presents what the perfect Shabbat is. And Yeshayahu says, Im tashiv mi Shabbat If you come to the point of, of uh, seizing, giving rest to your feet uh, during the Shabbat, that's how you should understand it, from doing all of your affairs in the day of my of, that I distinguish, that I set apart, says God, then you go on to, to call Shabbat a day of pleasure, to, to, to honor or to distinguish it for God and to make it respectable, honorable for Him, and then, Altit Anagal Adonai, Hashem says, Hashem promises, then through Yeshayahu, then you will really feel what it means to have the honor, to have the pleasure, these ecstasies um, with God. And you're going to feel as though you're dwelling at the highest points of the land. I'm going to feed you the, 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 the harvest that comes from what your father Yaakov planted. In other words, you're going to be able to eat the fruits of Jewish history that started with Yaakov Avinu, because so has spoken, as so has spoken God. So, Hachamim understood from there that Shabbat is not only what the Torah forbade, but it is appropriate for Hachamim to come and forbid other things. Now, pay attention. It's not that we should not do these things because they are not in the spirit of Shabbat. That's not the point. If that were the case, then Hachamim would not have needed to come and carve out Nutekanot, Nugezerot, but rather those Pesukim of Yeshayahu inspired Hachamim to come and legislate new things. The reason we don't do these things is not because of the Pesukim in Yeshayahu. The reason we do not do these things is because Hachamim decreed these things specifically. So that's a very important point. The continuation of the Pasuk is, and you'll honor Shabbat from doing from, from doing your affairs, as your actions of every day, from finding your objectives, from uh, accomplishing your, your what you seek, and even speaking the things that you normally speak. So that's a description by Yeshayahu of what an ideal Shabbat is.
Lefichach, therefore, in other words, because hachamim forbade them, Asur le'adam le'halech b'chavatzav b'shabbat v'afilu le'daber b'hem. It's forbidden for a person to go, to, to even start, to begin the process of getting his affairs in order during the Shabbat, or even to plan them orally. Kegon, for example, It's forbidden to discuss with your friend or with his partner. What are we going to sell tomorrow? What are we going to buy? How are we going to build this building or this house? Uh, what, what should we uh, allocate as an investment here, as an investment there? This is an, an instance where Harambam does expand it. It's expansive. It's not just the, it's not just this specific thing, but it's an example of a larger category. Everything that is like this, Asur is forbidden Shen Emar, as it is said, and Hachamim took this to enact another Shavut. Dibur Asur Vahirhur Mutar, and this specifically relates to conversing about these things orally, in other words, to, to, to talk about these things, but not to plan them in your mind. If you want to not talk about it, but just think about it, that's fine. Hirhur is mutar. Halachabet. It's forbidden for a person to go out to his fields, to his gardens, to try and, and, and inspect them and see what they'll need to sort of plan his week, even though he's not speaking anything. Because by walking there, the act of walking there is a forbidden kind of walking. We are going to learn in the following chapters that there is a prohibition to exceed the Tehum during Shabbat. You are not allowed to walk outside the city beyond a certain distance. One distance Midrabanan, one distance Mideoraita. So it's also forbidden to walk up to that distance, which is permissible, so that as soon as Shabbat ends, you continue going the rest. Because what ends up happening is that that walking that he engaged in on Shabbat was in order to do something that is of his own needs, uh, material needs, and not for the sake of Shabbat. We are only talking about a person who wants to, after reaching the Tehum, Mosai Shabbat, he wants to start doing something that is not a, is not a permissible during Shabbat. So, for example, if he wants to walk up to the Tehum so that when Mosai Shabbat begins, he goes and starts his business, or he goes on a donkey, or he goes on, on a boat, or any of the things that is forbidden to do on Shabbat. However, if what he wanted, what he was planning, what he was planning to do as soon as Shabbat ends, is something that is anyways permissible during Shabbat, then that's allowed. It's allowed to walk up to the tehum so that you are closer to your destination, Mosai Shabbat. How so? It's forbidden to do this device of going up to the tehum during Shabbat 
in order to after Shabbat go and collect fruits that are connected to the ground, that's a melacha of kotzer, or or to go and hire people from another city. It's not a melacha, but it's shavut. But if all he wants is to go to his field, which is kind of far from the city, beyond at home, but all he wants to do there is just make sure that nobody has taken over, he's, he, there's no squ squatters there, then that's permissible. Likewise, he's allowed to do this of going up to the Tehum in order to bring an animal, which is permissible to do on Shabbat, to make an animal walk without holding it, or fruit that are already uprooted. Because an animal, if you call it, it's permissible to bring it even from outside at the home, if you are not going outside at home. And the fruits that are uprooted, although, yes, correct, it's forbidden to carry and to transport on Shabbat, but if it had been that you had mechisot, you would have been able to bring those fruits on Shabbat. There is nothing that is necessarily a melacha of bringing perot from one place to the other. It's just the fact that there is no mechitzot there. Vechen. Homer Adam lachavero lichrach peloni ani olech lemachar shem hayu sham burganin haya olech lesham b'shabbat v'chein kol kayoseb azeh so too, although we said it's forbidden to plan things on Shabbat, it's permissible to tell to his friend you know what, tomorrow I'm going to go to this other town. Uh, go in a permissible way, obviously. Why is that permissible? Because if that city had things that were attractive and permissible to do on Shabbat, like for example, Burganim, Burganim are, um, are uh, I'm sorry, Burganim are things that would, would, would make it be within the Tehom. It, it, it has certain... Um, uh, building structures between the city and the city, which would have made it permissible to go. So because of that, if, if that had been the case, you could have done this, and therefore it's permissible to also tell your friend that you're going to the other city in Shabbat, and you can take this and extend this to other examples. It's permissible for a person to tell to a potential employee, a potential worker, do you think you can meet me tonight? without specifying for what, right? Meeting is fine. But he cannot tell him, please be ready, I will need you tonight. There is a slight distinction between, are you available tonight as a question, and please be ready for tonight, I'll need you. Because the latter is doing the hefest, achieving one's objectives during Shabbat, which is forbidden. One more halacha now, the asul la rus ul daleg bashabbat, it's also forbidden to run or to hop, to, 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 to jump from place to place on Shabbat. Shene emar me'asot derachecha shelo yeh iluchacha bashabbat ke iluchacha bachol. Because the pasuk also says, if you go to the extent of keeping Shabbat from going on your way, and going on your way, hachamim interpreted it to mean, you cannot go on your way in the same way as you do during the week. So if you go on your way, if you walk, if you run in, at a certain pace during the week, Shabbat has to be a little differently. So that means, Hachamim translated that to, 
one should not run on Shabbat. One should not jump around on Shabbat for one's own needs, right? There's going to be a very important exception now. So first, narrower exception. However, if it's to go and drink water from inside the cave or inside the well, a person can go and climb and go down and come back up. That's permissible. Alachah is going to be the exception. One more thing that's forbidden on Shabbat is to have too much of an idle conversation, of conversation that has nothing to do with Torah, or, or things that uh, that have no uh, essence or need. It's not Zihabetela if I'm asking someone to, to bring me a book from the library. It's not Zihabetela if I'm asking my son to get off the chair. It is Zihabetela if I'm talking about the Super Bowl or football or anything else. And it's not that it's forbidden to talk it, to speak it. Uh, that's something that Talmidei Chachamim should not do much of as we saw in Ilchot Deot. But Asul Leharbot, one should not have too much of it during Shabbat. A little bit is okay, but not too much of it. Because the, the Pasuk says also, and you will not speak as you speak during the week. It should not be that the way you talk during days of the week is the same way as you talk during Shabbat. It's permissible to run on Shabbat for something of Misvah, for example, to run to Bet Knesset or to Bet Amidrash. It's also permissible to have all sorts of calculations that have some aspect of Misvah. For example, if I want to calculate how much I'll need to spend for the Brit Milah of my son, which is a Misvah, that's Mosai Shabbat, that's permissible to do. It's also permissible to measure uh, things for Misvah. For example, a Mikveh, I can, I can stick a measuring stick inside the Mikveh to see how deep it is and to see if it has the Shi'ur, the proper Shi'ur of water, and I can use it on Shabbat. Or a piece of clothing, which as we are going to see in Lichot Kelim, um, it needs to have a certain a certain uh, area in order to be mekabel tum'ah, so I'm allowed to measure that on Shabbat. It's also permissible to determine how much tzedakah each ani is going to get if I have a certain amount that I have to distribute. It's permissible to distribute that on Shabbat without handling the money, but just to tell this ani, okay, so to this one is $100, to this one 150 and so on and so forth. It's permissible to go to a Bet Knesset, to Bet Midrash, and even to a theater, an amphitheater, which was common in Roman times, or to a Traklin Shel Goim, to some hall that's of Goim, so long as the purpose is if the purpose is to... Um, deal with community affairs. Community affairs are important, and uh, and 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 uh, and for that, I'm permitted to go to all of these these places, which are normally places to which you would not go on Shabbat. It's also permissible to negotiate in order to marry off a young girl. They used to um, back in the day marry off girls. Um, even, even before before uh, they were ready to get married, just to uh, sort of like close the deal while while it's possible because circumstances permitted, 
and uh, then they'd get married many years later, perhaps, or to 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 negotiate with a teacher to teach your son to to read to read Torah or Lilamedo Manut or even to teach him a profession. That's also a misvah midivresofrim to teach your son a profession, something a livelihood, and therefore on Shabbat you may negotiate dollar amounts with a tutor to teach your son how to, for example, fish. Now that he's going to learn how to fish on Shabbat, but you are allowed to try to procure that teacher because that is, from your point of view, that is a misvah, misvah ben al-ha'av de la medo omanut. Or is it misvah av ben I'm a little bit confused right now, but it's all in in Masechet Kiddushin, around the flamed or so. It's permissible to go and visit the Holim and to and to do Nihom Avelim. And anyone who is coming to visit someone who is ill should say, Shabbat I cannot ask for you on Shabbat because Shabbat is not a time at which to request for refua. Uh, Shabbat is not a time at which to, to request for refua. Normally during the week we have. 19 berachot in the Amidah. If you notice on Shabbat, we only have seven. Uh, instead of 13 bakashot, we have one. And it's not really a bakasha, it's just an acknowledgement of the Kedushah of Shabbat, Kedushah Hayom. So what happened with those 13 berachot asking for all the things that we need? Do we suddenly believe that it's not important to ask Hashem for refuah, or to ask Hashem for, for parnasah, or to ask Hashem for, for Mashiach, or to ask Hashem for any of the things we ask? No, of course not, but Shabbat is not the time for it. And uh, that is reflected in the way we structure our Amidah. And traditionally, they'd never have any Mishaberachs in the Batekenesiot, or any Berachot to anyone, or Refua for the Holim. All of those things, they're extremely important, but they are reserved for the other six days of the week, not for Shabbat. So on Shabbat, the only thing we'd say when we go visit the Hole, even when we go visit the Hole, instead of saying Refua, Instead of saying, I wish you good health, we don't do that on Shabbat. And we say, Shabbat himil is ok. We are not going to ask for your refuah on Shabbat. Urfuah And, you know, the, the, the good health is going to, uh, it's, it's going to come swiftly. But we are not asking for it. We're not praying for it. We should not pray for refuah on Shabbat. Obviously, we should be sensitive. And uh, I've never in my life did nor will Bezat Hashem make a fuss about this in public, in a Bet Knesset or something, if someone is coming up to the Torah and I'm doing a Misha Berach, I'll of course give them Misha Berach, it's much more important not to offend them and not to hurt them than to make a, a point of a strict halacha, although I know that this is halacha and this is the correct thing to do. I don't ask anyone to bless me on Shabbat if I have a hole, I never add their names to, to the Misha Berach that they do, I don't believe that's proper to do on Shabbat, I don't believe it's permissible. But on the other hand, and everyone should do whatever is wise under the circumstances at hand. It's also permissible to do what we said before of waiting up to the end of the Tehum in order to then after, after Shabbat ends, go to do Nihum Avelim or to... Uh, or, or to take care of a of a girl that needs to get married. Or someone who needs to get buried. To go and procure a coffin and some the, the, what we use to wrap the wrappings 
for, for the dead person. It's also permissible to on Shabbat to tell someone after Shabbat, I want you to go to city A to find this Aaron. If you cannot find it, then go to city B. Although you're planning before Shabbat, but for this mitzvah, the Gezra did not apply. You can even tell them, okay, so try to buy it for $100, but if you can't, spend up to, up to $200. However, he should not give him a very specific number for how much he should buy it for. In other words, he should not say, okay, so I'm allocating to you right now exactly $200. This is yours, so long as you bring me the Tachrichim, that's forbidden to do. Because all of these are done, the motivation is misvah, and what the Pasuk in Yeshayahu was talking about, which is what inspired this Tekanot and Gezerot, is hafasecha, is your objectives, your goals, your affairs. And these are not your affairs, these are affairs that were imposed upon you by Shamaim, by the heavens, by the misvot. It's permissible to go on, on the ocean, in other words, to board a vessel before Shabbat, and we are going to see the halachot of boarding vessels on the last chapter in the last chapter, But you are allowed to do so if you are doing so litvar mitzvah. And with the goy, and and with the goy, you can tell him the goy who is taking you. You can tell him, okay, you know what? I want you, I want you to take me here on this vessel across the ocean. But please, on Shabbat, I'd like you to not navigate this ship, the Enoshovet, while both of us know full well that obviously the goy is not going to go on autopilot for twenty for twenty five hours. So that's permissible. So long as I make manifest my sort of like theoretical wish that I wish we you wouldn't be driving this vessel on Shabbat, it's permissible even though we all know that he's going to go ahead and do it. It's also permissible to annul vows on Shabbat. Whether it's something that's needed on Shabbat, for example, if I said... Um, uh, all chocolate in the world is forbidden to me, and then on Shabbat I really want to have chocolate, then that will be the Tzorich Shabbat. Lord Tzorich Shabbat will be because I know that tomorrow I am going to have a big delivery of chocolate and I want to have the nether mitbatel today because the hacham is here in town. That's also permissible. And also, if I had the chance to do so before Shabbat and I didn't do so, the Hacham was here on Friday and I waited until Shabbat until going to Bet Knesset because it was easier for me, that still is permissible to do Hafarat and Darim for something that I need on Shabbat. We may not give punishments, the Bedin may not give punishments on Shabbat, even though. Giving a punishment is a mitzvah min ha-Torah. Mitzvah min ha-Torah to arba'im yakehu lo yosif. Hareshonit hayev ve-bedin malkut o mitah. So if a person becomes liable for malkut or for death penalty, en malkin oto ve-en memitin oto ba-Shabbat. 
the rendering of the sentence, the carrying on of the sentence, should not be done on Shabbat. The Pasuk says, you may not ignite any fire in all of your dwellings during the day of Shabbat. And the Chachamim understood this to also proscribe a Beddin from igniting, from starting a fire in order to burn anyone who is liable for the punishment of death by burning. And given that this particular punishment is proscribed explicitly in the Torah by Lotev Aruesh, so we understand that any of the other punishments is also something that is not to be done on Shabbat. It's permissible for a person to watch over his fruits on Shabbat, whether these fruits are still on their trees or if they are outside the trees. And we are talking about um, guarding them by, by going and visiting that field so that if there is thieves, they'll think that there is someone always coming by and they won't they'll look for somewhere else. And if there is animals, they'll just stay away from that particular field. And if he sees a person coming to take from these fruits or an animal to come and eat from them, he's allowed to scream at them. Umarhikan is allowed to also strike them as much as needed to get them away. However, it, this is a little weird. It's inconsistent with, with what we said. This is one of the things which we would very obviously categorize under doing, taking care of one's affairs on Shabbat. Why is it permissible? Because what's forbidden is to go and look after affairs in the sense of achieving things and obtaining things which you not yet have. You don't have them yet. However, here, preserving your wealth, making sure that the, position, the, the possessions you have are not lost, so that you break even and you stay as you were, mutar is permissible. What is another analogy to this, which is very obviously permissible? To someone who wants to lock his door so that there is no burglars coming in. It is permissible to turn the key on Shabbat and lock the door, although what you're doing is taking care of your material objects on Shabbat, but this is permissible because you're not trying to become wealthier, you're just trying to prevent a loss. Someone who is guarding his legumes from the birds, or his kishuim, kishuim are um, are, are certain roots that people plant um, from uh, animals, larger animals. When he's trying to scare away the animals or the birds, he shouldn't dance and clap like he does uh, during the week. Because the concern is that he may get carried on, he, he, he may, he may, he may uh, 
want too much to get these birds and animals to go away that he might come to take a, a rock or a pebble and throw it more than for Amod Bishut Harabim, which is forbidden in Torah. Now, just to point out, Lesapek and Leraked, we studied in previous chapters that it's forbidden to clap and to dance in a musical way. So let me make something clear. If it's not in a musical way, it would have been permissible. It's not forbidden to dance and to clap just for the heck of it without any music um, or, or not in a musical way. Like if I want to just uh, turn around myself to get dizzy and fall to the floor, so I might need some psychiatric help, but in terms of Shabbat, that's not within the Gezerah of not doing this for dancing, which is why we needed this particular Gezerah in the case of doing these things, of dancing and clapping in order to scare away the birds. It would have been permissible, but it's forbidden because of the concern of Arba Amots. This coming two halachot of Yod and Yod Aleph are general halachot dealing with Shavuyot, not specific to this kind of Shavuyot which we started talking about. And after Yod Aleph, we are going to introduce the halachot of Mukseh, which are going to continue in the next chapter. All things that Hamim forbade as Shavut, they did not do so, they did not forbid it during that time that is the twilight between sunset and uh, the coming out of the stars, which we said according to Harambam is about half an hour. And in other places, he says it's 18 minutes. This is only forbidden during the day, but they are permissible so long as they involve a little aspect of misva or of dohak. Just a little bit of a reminder. One more thing that was permitted was amira legoi, to tell to a goi to do something that's not a melacha, that it's rather a shevut, if there is devar mitzvah or dohak or miksat holy. We don't have miksat holy here, we only have mitzvah or dohak, but it's a similar concept. However, although these are similar concepts, please don't fall into the trap that many Aharonim fall into. Maybe they don't see it as a trap, but according to Haramam, this would have been a trap of saying, of generalizing and saying, oh, so this means that shvut the shvut is permitted. In other words, it's not that in the case of Amirale Goy, they, they permitted to, to do shavut in certain circumstances, or in the case of Ben Hashemashot, they permitted to do shavut under certain circumstances, but rather, let's generalize, let's go behind it and try to find the, the rule that led Hachamim to say that. So Hachamim must have thought that anything that is shavut, and then you have a double shavut, namely, if you have Amirale Goy, one shavut, and telling to a goy to bring something through Carmelit, the second Shavut, that's why it's permitted, and therefore I now have a rule, I, I was able to read into the minds of Hamim and now derive this principle, Shavut, the Shavut, Bimkom Mitzvah Mutar, like many Aharonim say, Harambam would never, ever let something like this fly, and he'd ask us to be very precise, and to understand, no, if that had been the case, Hamim wouldn't have bothered to tell us that Shevut Ben Hashem Ashot is mutar. 
or that Shavut with Amirali Goy is mutar under certain circumstances, he would have just said whatever is a double Shavut is mutar. So let's not do that. Let's take it very precisely, exactly how Hachamim said it to us. And if you don't like it, then do what you do and admit that you may not be 100% compliant with Hachamim and leave it at that. No need to try to rationalize what we are doing by inventing, by changing the rules of the game as we go. So again, to sum up very precisely, Shevut be'amirale goi is mutar if you have miksat holi or devar misva or dohak or sorecharbe and Shevut be'ben ha'shemashot is permissible if you have devar misva or dohak. Harambam did not make a generalization for Shevut dishvut. In other words, uh, I, I've heard this argument, oh, so I might be allowed to have two people pushing, um, carrying something in Carmelit. Why? Because doing something with two people is Shavut, and doing something in Carmelit is Shavut, that's a double Shavut. If I need it, I can do it. So there is two huge mistakes here. Number one, doing something by two people is not Shavut. It's Patur, but it's not Shavut. As we explained, Shavut is a specific category. Not everything that is Patur is called Shavut. So that's error, mistake number one. Mistake number two, nobody said that joining two Shavuyot makes something mutar. Only if it's Amirale Goy, or if it is Ben Hashemashot. By the way, Ben Hashemashot is also not Shavut. Ben Hashemashot is Safek de Oraita, so much so that if someone does a Melacha Ben Hashemashot at the beginning of Shabbat and at the end of Shabbat, it be Hayav because for certain right now he did something, one of the two, it was Shabbat and therefore he's Hayav. Kesad, one of the examples of Ben Hashemashot in Shavut, Mutar lo Ben Hashemashot la'alot ba'ilan o la'shut al penahamayim lehavilu lav shofar is permissible Ben Hashemashot to climb a tree which is a Shavut or to, to swim in, in a river or, or on, a, on, a, on a boat to bring a lulav or a shofar. Vechen morid min ha'ilan u mosim min ha'karmelit aruv sha'asa So too is allowed to bring down from a tree or to bring from the karmelit the aruv that was done and he wants to he wants to eat it. Vechenim hayat arud venehfaz veneslach edavar shu mishum shavut ben hashemashot harizemutar. So too, if he was extremely busy on Shabbat and Shabbat began, but right now it's only ben hashemashot, and then he wants to do something that shavut that's also permissible. Although right now, all things being equal, this would not have been dohak, but because of the circumstances under which he enter Shabbat, he was under pressure to enter Shabbat. Right now, this became Dohak, so that's Mutar as well. But if there was no element of Dohak or Misva, Asur. That's why, we may not do Maaser of something that for sure was not taken Maaser from on Ben Hashemashot, which we read every Shabbat night. Even though taking Maaser on Shabbat is not the Oraita, but it's Shavot. But we are permitted to, to do Maaser of Demai. Uh, they did not, they were not gozer on doing uh, Maaser of Demai because this is Ben Hashemashot um, uh, and, uh, and they 
they did not extend the shavut of the particular shavut of le'aser to something that is demai. Halachayot Aleph. Katan she'asa b'shabbat davar shu mishum shavut. Kigon she'talash me'asis she'enon akuv. Otiltel b'karmelit. En bedin mesuvin le'afrisho. Vechen minichu aviv. En memachin beyado. A minor, in other words, someone who has arrived to Gilhinuch, someone who is already being trained to keep Shabbat, but he wants to do something that is only forbidden for Shavuot, for example, to uh, cut a branch off from something that is only connected to a, v- a vase that's not connected to the ground, it's Asit She'en on Akub. It's a, a, a large planter. Or if he's carrying outside, but in a place that's Karmelit, not Ashut Arabim, the Beddin is not obligated to stop him from doing so. And so too, the, if the father decided that he doesn't want to start educating the child to do these things of Shavuyot, the Beddin does not need to encourage the father to start educating him on these things. Just a very small point, which is a beautiful point uh, from the Haggadah of Pesach. The the Hacham, the son who is Hacham, is a minor, presumably, uh, one of the four children. And he asks a question that, when I was little, I never understood. Why do we get so upset at the Rasha for saying, What is his worship to you guys? And then we say, He just removed himself from the community, and therefore we are so upset at him. And the Hacham says something that it seemed to me was very similar. He says, What are these uh, ordinances that, that Hashem prescribed to you? So in order to understand this, we have to remind ourselves of what we learned in Hagdanaf Mishnah Torah, that the word misva, siva, like the Hacham is using, means precisely, specifically Torah Shabbat, it means things that are the Rabbanan, means that the Ben Hacham, the son who is a wise son, he understands full well that being a minor, he hasn't yet been included in all the details of Halakha that are the Rabbanan. And this Halakha is an example of that. So that's why he can exclude himself properly. It's appropriate for him to say, what are these ordinances that God prescribed you, that siva you? Why? Because I understand, being a minor, that the misvot, the sivui, the things, the rabbanan, may not yet apply to me. Not because I don't want to be part of these people, but because I understand I'm a minor. I'm hacham. I actually get it. I get it. So that, that's exactly the point. Halachayot bet. An introduction to mukse, which is not going to be dealt with in this chapter. Hachamim forbade to handle certain things on Shabbat, just like we handle them during the week. Why did they feel the need to establish this prohibition? Amru, they said, they said, if the prophets saw it proper for us to have a different kind of walking 
and a different kind of talking on Shabbat than we have during the week. So we think it's even more appropriate to go out and carve out a new prohibition for handling things, for manipulating things, moving things, that as we do during the week. Again, same point as we said in the beginning of this chapter. If Hachamim had not intervened, this would not have been forbidden. It's not about it's within the spirit of Shabbat, not within the spirit of Shabbat. If everything was about the spirit of Shabbat, then Hachamim would not have needed to come and say this is Mokseh, this is forbidden to, to handle on Shabbat. So that Shabbat does not become like a, a non-holy day in our eyes. Because then, you know, what stops you then from spending all of Shabbat just handling and manipulating and moving objects from one place to the other and to, to, to use the Shabbat to, to do your closet and to organize your house and to hide certain things. Because given that people are not working, they have extra time, they have spare time in their hands, and they might look for things to do around the house. And therefore, if that's the case, the person would not end up resting, and that defeats the purpose that's implied in the Torah. The Torah wanted Shabbat to result in being a day of rest, being a day of rest from physical activity, from, um, let's call it, material activity, material transformation, and rather a day in which we are free to contemplate on Maase Bereshit. The odd, one more reason, if we are talking about things that are used for Melachot, and if a person is allowed to handle and manipulate and move things that are used for Isur, for example, a hammer, it's possible that he might come, if, I, if I'm just playing with a hammer, I might come to use it, which is Melacha, in some cases. The odd, more so that much a, a segment of the population doesn't engage during the week in physical transformations in umanuyot they are not artisans many people are they they work with things that don't involve melachot for example they teach or they uh, i don't know they they own uh, they, they, they own fields and they just see the fruits or people who are unemployed or those who just uh, are retired or, or just decide to spend their times in the corners or in bars. As is, they are not doing melacha the rest of the week. And if it were permissible for them to walk and talk and handle things just like the rest of the week, then there will be no difference in their Shabbat than their Tuesday. Therefore, what Hachamim prescribed of refraining from handling certain objects is the kind of shavita, is the kind of 
of uh, of uh, of refraining from doing certain things bechol adam that's equal among everyone because of these things, Hachamim decided to proscribe, to prohibit the, the handling of certain objects. And they said a person should only handle things that are necessary for Shabbat, like we are going to explain in the following chapters. And with this, we finish the 24th chapter of Shabbat.